Take a look behind the curtain with a real whistleblower and American patriot. Prepare to embrace the uncomfortable truth because this program has no time for comforting lies. Here is civil liberties enthusiast, Second Amendment defender, and recovering FBI agent, Kyle Serafin. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Kyle Serafin Show. Today is Friday. It is January the 19th. It's the day after National Winnie the Pooh Day, as you probably heard yesterday. How weird is that? Got a full, friendly Friday available for you today. We're going to be talking about all kinds of stuff. I think Steve and I are going to cut it up a little bit. I hope you guys don't mind. We're going to be a bit irreverent. That's what needs to be done. Let's start off with a little bit of uh, thank yous. Talking to my friends over at Catholic Vote. Go to CatholicVote.org. Again, that's CatholicVote.org. Again, that's CatholicVote.org. I said it three times. That means you got to do it. Go to the website, fill in your email address, get yourself the loop. You'll know what's going on, even if you didn't listen to the show. What a great idea. You can also click on the Give button that's green, green for money. If you guys want to donate and support their efforts, both fighting the FBI and supporting the Kyle Serafin Show, you can do it in one place. What a deal. Uh, go to catholicvote.org. Support them. They support us, America's top advocacy group for faith, family, and freedom. Yeah, that's right. Let's do another one. Should we do one more real quick? Who else do we love? We love our friends over at Patriot Coolers. Yeah, we do. You guys, go to patriotcoolers.com. Again, that's patriotcoolers.com. Use promo code Kyle. It's always the same. That's the nice thing about having a name like Kyle. There's not a lot of other Kyles out there in the space. K-Y-L-E saves you 10%. You guys can spend 50 bucks. You get free shipping. Check out the hard-sided, the soft-sided, the tumblers. Tumblers on the road with me. Trying to check more state boxes. Luckily, I have a layover. And every time I get a layover, I get to check another notch. I also get to waste my time running around in an airport. At least my beverage stays either hot or cold. It's pretty much hot. I just do coffee, guys. All right. Check out PatriotCoolers.com. You can follow them at PatriotCoolers, both on True Social and on Twitter. X. Use promo code Kyle, K-Y-L-E. And tag me if you guys get something interesting, especially if you get one of these weird colors. If you guys get like turquoise or robin's egg or you get something that looks really neat, I want to see it. Tag me out there. We appreciate it. Okay. So today's show going to be a little funky. We're going to bring on the real Steve friend. It needs to be done, and that's how we're going to make it happen. Let's bring him on right now. Kaboom. How you doing, buddy? It's a tradition like no other. Friendly Friday is upon us. It's kind of weird. Last week, my kids had like a half day of school, and it was after being off for like three weeks, and then we had an extended weekend into MLK. It's like being a retired person this week. I don't know what day it is. That's why I need to get the reset with Friendly Friday. All right, so we know it's Friday. It's the only day that we do this show, according to your dad. He now knows better. Now he's concerned. I heard he was worried about me because he's reading some what's going on on True Social. What's going on? I, apparently, he must have gotten a True Social account because he was worried and reading the comments, and it was like that that meme with the Mufasa says to Simba, you must never go there. He, he didn't get the notice on that one because he said that you were getting torn to shreds in the comments, and he was actually worried for you. And I, I'm trying to hammer home that, you know, Social Sticks media. and stones may break my bones, but comments never hurt me. The comments don't hurt me at all. I look around and they mostly make me laugh. Usually I, I show my wife when they're really, really aggressive and someone's really mad at me, or at least that they took the time to like tweet out their ire. I just sort of enjoy it. Uh, this week I had a really fun interaction. There's a guy named Colorado Charlie Lee on Twitter. He apparently was given the white apron award. No one knows what this is, but it's a white apron that he was given by Lady Bird Johnson. So he's how old? Uh, 70, 80, somewhere in there, right? Yeah. And he knows, because he's a sushi chef, that I am a fraud. And when people know that I'm a fraud because they're a sushi chef, that makes me deeply, deeply happy. Um, 
I have no idea. And he was tweeting all night too. So maybe he lives in China. I was like, your op is showing, bro. It's really weird when someone with the last name Lee claims to be a Japanese chef. I don't know if Lee is a very Japanese name, but it's not my experience. Regardless, don't worry about us. We're going to get torn to shreds sometimes. Occasionally, I say things a little bit spicy and I get a little bit heated, but um, I survive. The only people that get a case of the feels are congressmen when you criticize them on the X or on any other social media platform. I'm watching you walk right up to the abyss. I can see you. Nobody knows this except the people who know what's going on. But like Steve's standing there looking into the abyss. And he just right it's like that. It's it's like that trench warfare gas cloud is just approaching just bit by bit. I'm right on it where I can breathe and then take one more step and it's going to be chaos. It's going to be mustard in your lungs. Should we, uh, should we do a store here and save ourselves from this? And let's start talking about some of the stuff that's going on. Okay. So we have mostly uh clown show stuff going on right now. Let me read a couple of these articles. I started with my friends over at the AP. I'm a big fan of when the AP does things because they do it righteously. Look at this. Look at that lady. Is there anything more diverse, equal, or inclusive than this lady? It says, as diversity, equity, and inclusion come under legal attack, companies just change the name of the programs. That seems like the truth. Uh, coming from earlier this week, Sophia Danner Okati has ambitious plans for her Nigerian-inspired clothing line, but a sense of dread has punctured her optimism. Listen to this nonpartisan uh, language, punctured her optimism. She's got atmospherics in here, like just abounding. And as she watches the legal battle being waged, against a small venture capital firm that provided funding instrumental to her boutique brand's growth. Well, let me just say, if you guys are looking on the Rumble channel and you can see, I want nothing to do with anybody that's wearing those crazy primary colors, kind of like streaked across, but so be it. Uh, apparently the case is against a group that's called Fearless Fund, and they are a grant program that uh, <laughs> they discriminate and they let only black women have access to their funding. They will not allow non-black women and the courts are trying to figure out what they think about this. Uh, Steve, it's been kind of an interesting, kind of an interesting moment for the DEI world. We're seeing now, we did a little bit of it the other day, the ladies, right? And they were, they were tripsing along listening to Shania Twain. Did I ever tell you the Shania Twain story? <laughs> no, but it sounds like something I need to hear about. Okay. So, I lived in London for just a little bit of, you probably don't know that either. I, I lived in London. You're um, Wolverine. <laughs> you just go back for centuries. Okay. So when I was living in London in early 2000s, like 2002, maybe 2002, I think, uh, I'm, I'm doing a study abroad for a semester and I'm over there and I have this friend and his name was Michał and Michał's Polish and Michał knew a lot about Western stuff, um, like American stuff. But at one point in time, there's a way that you pronounce almost all Polish names. And I, I'm, if you're Polish and you know otherwise, please feel free to put this in the, the comments. But this is the way it was explained to me because I did have a Polish girlfriend. And it basically, everybody had a name, but they also had a nickname and it was like an official nickname, okay? So if your name was Anna, A-N-A, -A, then Anya was your nickname. And they all ended in I-A, as far as I understood it. Anyway, and they were all pronounced in a very Polish way. And so at one point in time, this Shania Twain song comes on. And I go, I hear him, and he's like bopping his head to it. And I go, oh, hey, man, you, do you know this one? And he was like, he's like, Kyle, everyone knows Shania Twain. And I was like, yeah, everyone knows Shania Twain. I will never hear her name pronounced correctly. Again, I will correct them because I think the Polish people are. Anyway, long story short, short story long. That's what I'm all about with this. 
how do we how do we get to this point where oh that's because the ladies were sashaying out so sashaying ladies bad engineering and now hideous fashion sense you've got to be able to give money just to black women why do we why do we enable this sort of thing in this country where you're only going to discriminate against white people is that allowed uh, it's clearly allowed i mean that's the <laughs> only off guard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is this is the i think jesse kelly says it the the push for diversity is the death of everything it's not just the death of merit we're we're in this week of martin luther king jr right the content of character is supposed to matter not supposed to be the color of your skin but when you do that when you say that our prior's priority is to elevate people based on the melanin levels of their skin or their genitalia or who they like to have sex with by default then your whatever you're trying to do what is supposed to be your mission is sacrificed because you're not going to be putting the people in the right area and then it still applies also to the way that we are going to be prejudiced against individuals because apparently uh if you have light skin you have no rights or you're unequal now and it's it's going to be the death of the country it, the weirdest thing for me is <clears throat> it, you used to be able to see people in a job and you could assume that they earned that job. And this is not like, this is in our lifetime. So, you know, I'm a little over 40, you're a little under 40. In our lifetimes, we've watched basically where you look at people now and you're like, oh, like somebody some, that's assumed to be incompetent. I don't want to see a surgeon or a, or, um, or a pilot with darker skin and thinking like, oh God, well, when did you get hired? Like, as long as you got hired like 15 years ago, like, I don't care, like, it doesn't matter at all. But if you got hired in the last five years, like now I'm going to be worried because of what the industry has done to these people. And that person may be highly competent. That's, That's my wife had a, a tumor on her spine and had to get surgery and she went to the Mayo Clinic. So you would hope that obviously they're going to be a high level there. Uh, spoiler alert, they're not, but her surgeon was a African-American gentleman and he was young. He was younger than both of us. And in my mind, I'm just like, all right, we're going to see how this goes. I hope he doesn't sever something because he's a diversity hire. And you shouldn't have to be pleasantly surprised that a person, because they're a racial minority, is actually competent and qualified to do their job. It's literally, it's done the opposite of what they thought. It gave people opportunities that had no business doing, doing the opportunity. And that cheated other people from the assumption of competence in the place where they should have otherwise been just expected to be outstanding, regardless of what it was. Like, how about the president of Harvard the other day where, you know, you're just like, number one, how useless is Harvard at this point? Have they just debased themselves? And the answer, I think, is yes, especially if you meet people from, like, new Harvard, you're not impressed. You know, you I, wasn't, I wasn't even impressed back in the day. One of the guys that I went to high school with, who I'm not going to name, but was really nice and not a very good math student and not a very good <laughs> otherwise student, but he was really big and he was strong and he was, um, I think he had Samoan blood. But he was kind of like a small, like, you know, stick of dynamite Samoan version. He was like 5'10", but like still pretty built. Uh, I, I remember somebody told me he tore like a sink off the wall one time. He was like, and he like just took it off the wall. That kind of, of guy. Of course, because he's Samoan. Yeah, that's he's just small. what they do. Uh, you know, it was, just, it was a thing. It was like high school, you know, every dude had some rage and that was something he was able to do. But he went on a full academic scholarship to Harvard in the year 2000 to play football. Because Harvard, My, they don't do athletic scholarships, but he got a full academic no. with subpar academics. My my brother's, one of his friends in high school 
was just kind of a cut up kid. He's really, he's really smart as a doctor now, but uh, on, you take the pre SATs, right? And he knew he was going to do really well. And when he filled out the demographics, he perf purposely put himself as like an Eskimo or something like that. And then he just got stacks of college recruiting because of that. And it's just How wrong is that? Yes. Well, that was bad for the earth. It was probably bad for, for global warming because he made them protect a lot of extra paper for him. So he was just extra, extra bad. It's bad. Okay. So let's, let's throw another one of these sort of stories out there because they just keep growing. And so, okay, fine. So now you can discriminate based on finances and you can give uh, black ladies only. How about this one, which is uh, also troubling. I don't want to say it the way that I feel like it, but here, here we have something from the, uh, the New York post, the FAA's diversity push includes a focus on hiring people with quote unquote, severe intellectual and psychiatric disabilities written by Emma Colton from Fox news published uh, cross published over here at New York post. The FAA is actively recruiting workers who suffer from quote unquote, severe intellectual disabilities, psychiatric problems, and other mental and physical conditions under a diversity and inclusion hiring initiative spelled out on the agency's website. Here's the direct quote. Let's just take them at their word. Targeted disabilities are those disabilities that the federal government as a matter of policy has identified for special emphasis in recruitment and hiring. This is the FAA, the, the Federal Aviation Administration. They include hearing, vision, missing extremities, partial paralysis, complete paralysis, epilepsy, severe intellectual disabilities, and psychiatric disabilities, plus dwarfism. Let me bring Steve back on the screen here. For, um, so we're gonna we're trying to hire retarded midgets. Let's just let's just only if they have one leg. Freedom of speech here. <laughs> we need partially paralyzed, epileptic, uh, retarded midgets. To work at the FAA, they're the ones that do air traffic control, right? I uh, last I checked, unless that acronym means something else now, probably some diversity acronym. But yeah, so the people in charge of keeping the airplanes up in the air. When last week we talked about, obviously the airplanes are having punctures in the side of the fuselage now, and uh, obviously have to keep it under ten thousand feet so people can breathe, and they get hurricane force winds. They are going to be calling back to the tower, and the people at the tower are not going to be able to hear it because they're deaf, or they're going to be having a seizure because <laughs> of the blinking lights now here's the upside i i so you you also know this but i'm an air traffic controller i've got a pin card from the faa uh so i'm certified to sit in a tower i'd have to go and learn any airspace but i could go do that theoretically um and i'd probably need a refresher it's been a while yeah does that expire i don't know <laughs> there's no expiration on it uh and there's no there's no like you know sign off so i probably have to sit and figure out what it's been a long time since i've done any of the phraseology like landing an aircraft but i still understand that the concept of it and i still remember sitting in a room getting the, the card uh doing radar and radar is pretty chill like it's actually not a bad place if you had epilepsy it's kind of dark the rooms are almost always dark you're kind of like passing these little tiles back and forth and these little pieces of paper and you know and the sweep is running around and then you know just under the pressure of like not running anybody out of your airspace or like running them into each other that seems pretty important uh, you got to maintain separation you got to get people on the right headings but it's it's not terrible if you're organized but i don't know how well it works hold on what are these things again if you have hearing or vision problems or you're missing an extremity and like when someone tries to like pass you over the thing they, they hand you the tile and they're just you're just not there it's i don't want to make fun of this but what a weird what a weird way to try to recruit people I, i'm not saying that if you have one of those conditions that you can't have a job somewhere i'm saying you can't have that job it, you just apply it to like a fireman like if you don't have arms and you have no arms and no legs and you're a midget, you can't be a fireman. Please. You cannot fill 
the qualifications of that job. I don't want you having to scoop me up and roll me over your shoulder and then roll me down the steps in the case of I've had smoke inhalation and can't get out of my own house. It's not possible. What if they ride you like a barrel? Right, you. I don't. Why in the world would you target disabilities, specifically these disabilities? And the one that's really bizarre is a psychiatric disability, severe intellectual disability. The only way that when you say severe intellectual disability, I don't know any other way to read that. I heard re retarded. Did you hear that? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I probably was less PC. I heard retard, but yeah, same thing. <laughs> Why? Like, what is going on? Okay, not to be outdone. The FAA can't be outdone. Uh, uh, Illinois, the state of Illinois, has decided to step into the uh, into the arena. They've entered the chat, and I got one here, so give me a second. I'll click this thing over. Uh, here we go. This is a fact check, folks. This is a fact check. It says, Illinois bill only allows certain non-citizens to become police officers. Fact checked. And what the problem was is that uh, there was a House bill, 3751, that just went into law. This is actually written last year, August 7th, so they are going to give you the context on it. But the question was, coming from a Facebook post, Illinois governor signs bill that allows illegals to become police officers. This state continues to reward bad behavior. How is any law enforcement agency going to complete a thorough background check when someone is here illegally? Obviously, they cannot. And uh, the representative for uh, J.B. Prisker said um, that's not true at all. But that's actually true. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's actually exactly correct. We'll bring Steve back on here. Steve, that's exactly what the bill says and what it means. That's what goes on there. Yes, it is. I don't know what Reuters is getting at here. You know, combining the FAA with this, we're going to hire illegals to be police officers. Um, I, it's so over the top. I have to think that the strategy is they're trying to get guys like you and me or somebody else in the media to say like, have you seen this? Because it'll, I don't know, make us look like bigots or something like that. And we're just saying like they can't do the job, but obviously it'll be spun in a way that look, they're, they're horrible, uh, homophobic, transphobic, racist, bigot, sexists. And look, they won't let you earn a living because no human is illegal. And attempt to just expand the the voting block that's the only logical reason i can come up with this because i don't think that even if you're a far left communist you want your plane to fall out of the sky or maybe you do you want just high speed rail if you're aoc and do you want non-us citizens arresting us citizens like is that somehow equate into a logical path like how does well, that i mean that checks with the roman empire right like we're going to do the same thing with our military right we'll just fill it up with non american citizens same thing with the police force and and that way when the visigoths come over the wall they're just gonna look at them and say hey that's my cousin and they're gonna switch sides and that'll be the end of the empire right game over oh i feel like that's what goes on in uh ukraine is that possible that they're all just related there <laughs> they're just destroying each other but at some point they'll just go like just killing all over and then it's like then the same people with the same language i don't know enough about ukraine i shouldn't talk about it I know a little bit about it, and I, from what I understood from what my wife told me, there were a lot of people that were just kind of happy the Russians came in. It was kind of like, well, we live in a dumpster fire of a country, and their country is a little bit better, so we might as well just get the benefits and have them come in. We all kind of speak the same language anyway. The whole national pride thing is more propped up uh, within American culture. Like Patriotism is uniquely American, I, I feel like. I mean, it's kind of played up like around the Olympics, like people pretend like they really love their country, but you consistently hear foreigners from different 
continents come over and say like what is up with all the american flags like you drive by a gas station and there's an enormous american flag there that's yeah, just how we do it just what we're about because it's a cool history um up until a few minutes ago when they decided to start crapping on it let me uh speaking of a cool history and speaking of the fact that they're crapping on it let me do a uh, quick ad read here <laughs> did you see that coming you could have felt it. Professional it was, broadcast. It was a professional movement. Let's go uh, talk about my friends over at uh, Four Patriots. Guys, if you are thinking, holy crap, Kyle and Steve, things are looking really bad. I'm not sure if it's going to last. You might as well get prepared for it. Why don't you go to fourpatriots.com slash Kyle. Again, fourpatriots.com slash Kyle. That's the number four, patriots with an S, dot com slash Kyle, or use promo code Kyle when you go to the website. And figure it out. What do you need? What do you need? Maybe power. You want to get some backup devices. You want something larger. You can get that done. If you want to start stashing food, probably not a bad idea. You could do beans and rice, or you could do something where it's got some flavor. If you guys want to do this and you don't like MREs like me, I despise MREs. I want nothing to do with them. Then definitely check out the number four, patriots.com slash Kyle. Get yourself squared away. You could start with as little as 30 bucks. They've got uh, like a 72-hour meal pack. That's for like the imminent disasters coming your way. You want to throw it in the back of your pickup truck and, you know, put it in the side panel and then just not worry about it. That's an option. You're probably going to need some water. You're going to get yourself a little camping stove, things like that. Uh, and then you will not be the person scrambling around trying to figure out if you can also buy some food off the illegal alien cops who are now running your neighborhood because <laughs> that's where we're at right now how is this possible dude we're just it's like everything is the babylon b right it might as well be I don't know. i've heard the what's his name seth dylan i do interviews where he just says his job is so much harder now than it was just only a few years ago because you just you read the regular headlines and you think that they're they're babylon b parody news news reports I, I it's amazing to me okay here you go let's just do a babylon b article why not i just threw this on there anyway <laughs> this this is equally probable in today's timeline i think uh after a lackluster showing in iowa nikki haley has ordered the bombing of iowa you guys can see a picture on the screen right there the people of iowa welcome you fields of opportunity <laughs> jdams being dropped from overhead uh, this is obviously the Babylon Bee, but uh, motivated by a lackluster showing in Monday's evening caucus, presidential candidate Nikki Haley has ordered the bombing of Iowa. Reports are coming in from the ground indicate hundreds of eligible voters have lost their lives as a result of attacks on key polling locations throughout the state. Nikki Haley has officially claimed responsibility for the attacks. <laughs> There's only one solution to this problem. It's the same solution to every problem, and that's bombing things. Ooh, look at the explosion, she said, as her personal drone strike team was giving video feed. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much where we're at right now, Steve. Well, it is a two-person race, according to her, even though she finished third. And I'm, there, there you are. That, I, that is the one who's gunning to be your vice president in 2025 is it that's a two her race? she's already on the team maybe maybe she kind of gave the game away a little bit i think she's assuming that obviously she's gonna you're gonna go through new hampshire trump's gonna win she's gonna back out and endorse him before south carolina give him south carolina the agreement that he's gonna make her vice president uh, but i've consistently said that she's gonna get passed over because there is an exact same person nikki haley in a prettier package in christy Nome. her eyes actually sparkle she was my representative when I lived in South Dakota for a time and, uh, and a governor. And she's basically Nikki Haley across the board on every single policy. They don't disagree on a single thing, but Christy Nome is a smoke show and much younger. And that definitely is 
Trump. She's a lot of makeup on. Have you noticed that? She wears <laughs> a lot of makeup. But she knows how to ride a horse and carry an American flag, you know, patriotism. She yeah. can shoot a shotgun. But she can't, for the life of me, figure out that when they say you can't shoot fireworks at Mount Rushmore because it's, I don't know, racist, she should just say, make me and shoot the fireworks anyway on July 4th. But still says, well, we have to, you know, submit to what the administration says. So definitely not someone with a backbone. I don't think we should be submitting to anybody that says you can't do fireworks. And in true form, I think it's far enough away. I think the statute of limitations is uh, 15 minutes. Somebody on my street asked me if we could shoot fireworks, despite the fact that the HOA said no. And I said, this is America. If I'm standing on it, it's America. So we shot fireworks off because I don't know, 4th of July, uh, also New Year's Eve. And also we had fireworks, which is a reason to fire them off. Even if you didn't have a specific holiday, you just got to send it as Garrett likes to always send that, uh, that, that gif, whatever it is of the guy, he's like, just going to send it. You just got to send it. And the fact that she comes from South Dakota, like I, I lived in South Dakota for a brief time. I was Iowa, North Nebraska, South Dakota, all in the same, the, the same tri-state area. Uh, and we went to the Sioux Falls and this is just the, the difference between life in South Dakota and anywhere basically on the East coast. It was like the last warm day of the summer heading into the fall where, you know, winter is coming and we got a late start. It was like an hour and a half drive to go to the waterfalls. We'd never been there. And I'm thinking, Oh man, we're going to get there and it's gonna be packed because everybody knows this is it. This is the last, the, the last gasp of the summertime. Nope. We rolled up and, uh, there was about 25% full parking lot. We got out and then when it goes to the waterfall, in Sioux Falls, they're like, just police yourself. Like, there's no fence. There's no gate. You can go into it if you want. We don't care. And then I, I was just thinking, like, if this was Andrew Cuomo's at the time, New York, can you imagine, how, first of all, how much you'd have to pay for parking and uh, there'd be guardrails everywhere. There'd be armed security and you yeah. can't get within, you need a telescopic lens to take a picture of the waterfall and just contrast the one lifestyle versus another. There would be Constantina wire keeping you out. It would be unacceptably and totally unsafe. Okay, you brought up the the women that we are not particularly keen on in the Nikki Haley. I'm a never Nikki type as well. I'm gonna bring something up here. Uh, this is another type of woman who believes she's a smoke show. I think that's uh, the only way to do this one. Take a deep breath, folks. Uh, get your gag bags. Here we go. This is not allowed to be introduced as evidentiary information in Donald Trump's civil trial. It's why some of the stuff is out there in the world uh, causing problems for the once and probably future president, maybe. Let's see, this is the kind of person that he's up against and they're winning because the media and the judges are ruling in their favor over and over again. This is an ongoing case. Let's play this real quick, take a deep breath. You don't feel like a victim. I was not thrown on the ground and ravished, which the word rape carries so many sexual Connotation. This was not. This was not sexual. It just. It. It hurt. It just. What. It just. You know. But I think most people think of rape as a. I mean, it is a violent assault. It is not. I think most sexual. people think of rape as being sexy. Mm. Let's take a short break. Think of the fantasies. Mm. We're just going to take a quick break. If you can stick around, we'll talk more on the other side. You're fascinating to talk to. <laughs> Are you okay? How, I'm just how comfortable. Anderson Cooper in that clip. I've seen that. That's 
That's it, man. Do you, I mean, back before the Trump era launched CNN and got them all their ratings, and when CNN was just dying, if they weren't in airports, they'd be over. They basically were like running Anderson Cooper 20 hours a day. And that guy would just put himself like neck deep in filth because he just was willing to do it. <laughs> he couldn't handle her. He had to cut to commercial because she's that cringeworthy. I think you're fascinating to talk to you. Like that's the grossest thing I've ever heard. And I also, think you should sue her. <laughs> yeah, that that's definitely uh, an aggression. Why do all the women that are like that, and Nikki Haley's one of them, by the way, that they've done something with their teeth and they don't sound right anymore. They sound clackety. Uh, Nancy Pelosi sounds crazy like that. And Nikki Haley sounds crazy like that. And what is her name? Uh, e. John Carroll, E. John Carroll, whatever. She sounds like that. They've all done something. And I don't know what the thing is. And I don't know who's telling them like women, your teeth are going to look so good. No one's going to care how crazy you sound. I care. I don't want to hear any crazy people. If I hear that, I go the other way. I'm like, whatever you said is obviously going to be a problem. I'm pretty sure you're going to bomb Iowa next. I'm out. I don't want this. It's those caps, man. They're just a little bit too big. It's almost like they got the the men's size. They, they needed the smalls and they got the schmediums when it came to the two size and it just, it doesn't work. But that's a whole plastic surgery discussion. I was, I joked with my wife about it because I, I go to some of these events if they're like high end and I see these women there that would just be beautiful women ordinarily, but obviously they, they didn't think so. So they went to the plastic surgery and, and I just look from one to the other to the other. And I just want to be like, <clears throat> I know you, you, you must be friends with her or at least use the same doctor because it's the same face. They all go to the same surgeon and they all get the same cut with the high cheekbones and the fake lips. And they just look like cartoon characters. And I feel awful for them because that's permanent. Yeah. It, um, I don't remember what comedian does it. I'm, I'm going to remember it in a minute here, but he does a stand up routine and he's just like, he's like, they all ask like for this. And it just looks insane. It's so sad. And I, I feel like that's a, that's a failure. It's a failure on our society to not let women just be women. And at some point in time, there was a, a discussion. I think my, my wife got into this uh, with family members and it was a discussion of like, at some point you're not supposed to be sexy. That lady didn't get that memo. Whatever her Correct. name is, like whatever, Ejean Carroll. She didn't get the memo that over a certain age, because of physiological things that happen in the human body, it's not it's not for you anymore. And that's, it doesn't mean that you're not a beautiful person. It doesn't mean that we don't value you as a human being. But your value has to change. You can't be a sex symbol in your whatever she is, um, especially not if you start getting cut up. There are some women that pulled off. They were like absolutely rare, I would say. There's a few like where you're like, oh, that doesn't make any sense. Sophia Loren was beautiful like all the way until she was a thousand. But like that's like one lady that I know of. Yeah, it's rare enough that you remember her name and remember that about her. I mean, right. I, I, you can do a little bit of the of the Botox, I guess, if if <clears throat> if the vanity is an issue to you. But yeah, I agree with you. It's you're supposed to just age with grace and then build up other characteristics, and you should do that early on. I mean, you it would probably behoove you to read a book or two, so those those looks are going to be fleeting. But unfortunately, people don't do that, and everybody. Then, has the Steve friend boyishly good looks into their almost forties. And then also along like lizard metabolism, but not lizard face. That's healthy. <laughs> healthy living, you know, just you know the Florida say? sunshine. It's, it's, it's all contributing. I found the fountain of youth and uh, yeah, I'm unapologetic about it. It's up in, uh, it's up in St. Augustine. You've been to the fountain of youth up there. 
Uh, I have not been there. I've been to the fort. I've been to the alligator farm, but no, I've not been to the fountain of youth. That's that's okay. a good one. I could probably run there. I could I could make it. I might need to eat like like really load up like at least like half a bag of almonds. I would say you could eat one full granola bar and you'd be good to go, hundred percent. So, um, <laughs> go ahead. No, you know, if if I had any cold weather tolerance, it would have been interesting to see me go through like a seer school because it just wouldn't having to stock away MREs in the wilderness to survive. I would have been like, no, nah, I'm good. It, I can make it. It's fine. So, seer school story. I they, they feed you a rabbit, right? Uh, you get like a carrot, and I think I got something. You get two like small vegetables that you can kind of like gnaw on for a couple of days and you're just kind of like humping a pack and moving around in the, and it's not very nice and it's cold and it kind of sucks and then they got to the point when we end up killing a rabbit you kill the rabbit you skin the rabbit i think you uh, kill a chicken as well and skin the chicken or you know pluck the chicken or whatever and, and so you're boiling it up and you're making this like rabbit chicken stew or maybe you're doing one pot of each i cannot remember what the story was exactly now i do know that i ate the eyeball out of the face of a rabbit that i had just killed and that is pretty baller. I literally just like took it right out. And if you're ever wondering like, hey, Kyle, what's a rabbit eyeball taste like? I still have the recollection of what it was. It You remember those those balls? They were like super balls. You get them for like a quarter in the little machines in the mm -hmm. grocery store. You could throw them and they'd bounce like and hit 50 walls. It tasted like that, but it was full of like warm, bloody snot. That's exactly I, what it tasted like. It was the chewiest thing on earth, full of warm, bloody snot. Uh, and you can just pass that knowledge along to the next generation. I just, now you know. Just, now, yeah, you now I know that not only will I struggle with the cold, but when it comes to sucking the eyeball out of a rabbit, probably a deal breaker for me. I'm probably ringing the bell. It's your school. You, you put your teeth to its eye socket, press it in, and then you just pop it out. It just And then you, you just man up and deal with it. But here's the thing. So I ate that. It wasn't very good. And then I, I ate some of the rabbit stew. And I was like, I'm probably going to get pizza in two days. I think I'm good. I like, I didn't want any more of it. It had no flavoring. It wasn't any good. So I actually ate like a little helping of it. He was like, oh yeah. It's really good. Did, did you feel almost like, because you knew there was a finite amount of time you were going to be there, that it was kind of like survivalist cosplay as opposed to like real world oh, yeah. valuable training? Oh yeah. I was definitely running out the clock on that. And I think everybody who's like the people who took it really, really seriously, they're really fun to watch. Like people who get super into these things. Um, and that's maybe... Maybe that's what we're seeing in this country is like people who have really gotten into the role of like the primaries or do or die. I had to, I had to say this to somebody the other day. It's not a death match, man. At the end of this, like everybody still gets to go home and somebody gets elected. Maybe, you know, maybe they get selected and maybe we all get screwed again. I don't know what happens, but all I'm saying is you don't die by not winning. This is not like vote off the island moments. And everyone has taken this like it's the first time they've ever seen an American election. Maybe that's what's weird for me right now is that I've just seen them and they just seem stupid. And I was in DC and I don't know, I'm not in the Trump 2024 camp. I'm not in the DeSantis 2024 camp. I'm definitely in never Nikki for all years. I'm in the Steve friend 2026 camp, wherever you're running, you already have my endorsement. That's what I want to see. I don't know what you've decided to run for, but just, you know, let's let you know I'm in there. I'm just going to run for dictator of the Republic just, of Florida at that point. Go run. You're just going to run. Just, like yeah, that. yeah, that's right. I mean, I'll do the, the non Chris Christie and run. That's that's what I need to do. Yeah, I, I, do. I, I think I think with the Trump, I mean, he's gosh, we, we've had Trump for like nine years now as, as a political figure. Right. And he still, still attracts these novice people that have like never seen an election and they just they really do believe like this is the most important election of our lives. And I'm not saying that the stakes aren't high, but I, I was just saying recently to a mutual acquaintance of ours, I was like, you know, so what? I don't vote for the Democrat. I vote for the Republican who funds everything the Democrat wants. No, nah, I'm 
just going to leave it empty because neither one earned my vote. It's a possibility. Let's do something that uh, they're all talking about funding. Nobody's talking about defunding, except now that Vivek's out of the, uh, the equation. So let's pull this one up real quick. Uh, this is fun. This just popped up the other day. This is, for those of you who are watching on our Rumble channel, this is the FBI's Twitter feed. It says, this MLK Day, which was obviously Monday, um, the FBI honors one of the most prominent leaders of the civil rights movement and reaffirms its commitment to Dr. King's legacy of fairness and equal justice for all. It had 29, almost 29 million views, 28.6 million. And it says here, readers added context. They thought people might want to know. The FBI engaged in surveillance of Dr. King, attempted to discredit him, and used manipulation tactics to influence him to stop organizing. King's family believes the FBI was responsible for his death. <laughs> There's nothing funnier than the FBI getting owned with its stupid virtue signaling. Do you think the intern got fired that posted that one up on that day? Oh, I don't think so. I mean, that that they, they're working for slave labor. It's probably a DACA person who they've they've hired to do it. It's just like like the Illinois cops, right? And they just got them working for for a dollar a day. I mean, they have those interns working over the weekend. I mean, I see them always putting stuff up, and it's not just from like FBI Maine. It'll be from like the different divisions. So clearly, there's some operator in charge, and they do not put any thought into it. They just put that stuff out. And obviously, if you're 18 years old, you'll have no. Uh, and you've gone through the American education system, you'd have no idea that MLK was a target of COINTELPRO and the FBI tried to get him to commit suicide. Right. So some of the stuff that's on the bottom of this particular uh, Twitter post, like people showed the letter, this this typewriter generated letter that came out from some FBI agent who was trying to get him to commit suicide. And they're like, hey, FBI, you dropped this. Which is just the best. It's like, hey, FBI, the history in your own vault has exposed you for exactly what's going on. Like it's just um, operations with no circumspect at all, no ability to look around and self-assess or read the room or anything. It's bizarre, but- This is an agency that is populated by people who have been told throughout their entire career how great and elite they are, how they're the premier law enforcement agency and they hurt yeah. themselves on, by stretching their arms so far to pat themselves on the back. And when you have that mentality just permeating throughout 40,000 people, then you just put these these posts out there and just never think anything. Well, of course, we're a objective force for good. Everything we do is benign and innocent in the pursuit of justice to protect the American people, as opposed to just owning what went on before your time. I mean, if you were to throw that at one of these retired agents in the society of former agents and be like, yeah, you know, uh, the FBI tried to kill MLK, they would probably go to war with you. And they were around for that. <laughs> yeah, they were. I always told people, it's like, yeah, we went to do penance at the MLK Memorial, and it was a bunch of soon-to-be FBI agents from the new agent training class at Quantico and eighth graders on their Washington, D.C. field trip where they're, like, getting let off the buses. We both had tour buses. It's just like a bunch of grown-ups got off the one. And then we walked around like a bunch of idiots as well with, like, a notepad and uh, wearing khaki pants for some reason. And we're all walking around, like, and they're like, go write down your favorite quote that's engraved in stone by Martin Luther King. And I'm like, what if my favorite quote wasn't written on the wall? There's like five quotes. It's it's like, you know, it's a limited amount of space. He wrote whole books, people. You know, he wrote whole letters <laughs> to people while sitting in jail, while doing civil disobedience. The guy was kind of an interesting character. And then, you know, his personal life aside, he did some things that were remarkably good. And like so many people in American history, I think he was a great man and maybe not even necessarily a good man, if you were to go, you know, call into some of the stuff, his marital infidelity and so on, it's just, it's incredible that there's just no, no ability to. 
self the, the act there's the right reason and the real reason like the right reason is we take our all employees there to get an appreciation for how civil rights abuses and in the case of the holocaust memorial you know how genocide actually happens when the police just follow the orders but then there's the real reason and this is something that if it was highlighted it was given to say like one of these like racial activists like who honestly took this and didn't and, and accepted this information from us uh the fbi says we're going to take you on a field trip for i don't know an hour to the mlk memorial we're going to have you read letter to a birmingham letter from birmingham jail and then a news article about emmett till and yep we're good we're racist we fixed it we don't have to worry about it which is handled yeah that's that's basically the effort they say well we did that so clearly we can't be accused of racist that's no different than the guy saying like i have black friends so you can't accuse me of being a racist yeah, I had a black friend when I was at Quantico. Um, they brought in a guy into my class whose previous job was an unarmed security guard at the Detroit Zoo. And he was like 24 and a half, 25 years old, whatever the minimum age was. And so his work experience was three years of like being basically a, a, a turnkey at a zoo. And then I remember him like looking around and knowing that there were dudes who were former SEALs and there were some you know, some guys who had army backgrounds and there were some people who were SWAT team and cop and all these other things. And I remember him like deciding to size himself into that crowd. And he was an athlete. He was a stud athlete. He wasn't smart, but he was a stud athlete. And, um, and he had a, a predictable name that had the word D E and then like another name after it. And, um, so my buddies who listen to this will laugh, but, um, the thing that I remember that was so strange is that he told people, he was like, yeah, I, I designed the active shooter protocol for the Detroit zoo. And we're like, Oh, based on what exactly like what sort of expertise were you bringing to bear and he was like yeah i grew up on the streets <laughs> no dude like one does yeah naturally naturally once you've grown up on the streets you know what to do in an active shooter in your mind uh when you're at quantico talking to people who are actual professionals who actually had like worked for the cia like one of my buddies had you know worked for maritime branch and had been working for the agency like you know moving bad dudes into bad places and weird deniable ships and cargo containers and stuff it's like so just i don't know you just you bring up all these like weird characters in every class your class was mine was 50 people so it's probably the same for you um and you want to talk about an incompetent agency we had a guy in my class who was in his 50s he was like 51 52 years old he which we just all just kind of like looked around like hey what's what's going on here what did he get some sort of wavered is he joe biden's relative like what's up and uh he was a former marine was an mp and then he owned a pizza shop mm. and he wound up graduating he actually got hurt in my class he got recycled to the class behind me he graduated he got sent to san francisco and then when i went back a few years later for SWAT school, I interacted with the woman who was running our class. And I said, Hey, what was up with, uh, with Rodney? Like, how'd that happen? She goes, yeah, just, he got passed through and everybody up through the entire process just assumed there was a reason for it. And the whole, you have to join by 37 was just disregarded before, by, by the time he was done, he graduated. We're like, well, this would be a really bad thing that we just fire him. Cause we say that he's 15 years too old to be in the FBI. And they just let him go. Like, I guess he'll work till he's in his seventies as an agent. There was a dude that was in my class that was in his late forties, and they said he was the oldest guy to ever graduate. But that's obviously not true. No, Rodney was fifty-one. Man, they just make it up as they go. He was. A, I mean, like he's physical stud. Obviously, in his fifties, he's not like in his twenties. But sure. like ripped, worked real hard, and I mean, was a nice guy. But I just remember thinking, like, there's a cutoff here. Like, there's got to be an explanation. Yeah, because he's 
six years away from mandatory retirement. Yes. So yeah, how so are you going to just, so here's the problem. And the federal government does this all the time. They trip over their own dick because even though they have a smart, small dick, they have the, the clown shoes. The clown shoes. And, and as they do this, think about this. In six years, they're going to have to basically say, well, this guy can't retire in six years because he doesn't have 20 years in. He's in a job that he has to leave or you don't have to leave at that age because it's actually not mandatory to leave at that age because anybody could do that job with or without the physical qualifications. Now you have a real problem and they keep creating these precedents where they're going to screw over that retirement system, which look, I'm here for it. I don't care. It's very weird to watch it, especially like we're seeing like right now that, you know, this like threat of shutdown. We're going to see another threat of shutdown on February 8th. It's just going to be, you know, people scared whether or not the continuing resolution will get passed long enough for them to keep maintaining their things. But man, it's, it's so weird to watch this stuff. Uh, we were talking about incompetency and silliness. Let me throw this on the screen here since people will, I'll just let you do the full commentary on it if you don't mind. Um, let me, let me, <laughs> we'll just say congratulations um, to Sanjay Verma Vermani. Sanjay Vermani was just named the special agent in charge of the counterterrorism division of the Washington field office, which is my former area. And I'm just going to read this and I'll let Steve give commentary, but Director Ray has named him the special agent in charge of the CT division over at WFO. He previously was the deputy assistant director in the counterterrorism division at Washington field or at Washington headquarters, uh, the Hoover building. He joined the FBI as a special agent in 2003, was assigned to the San Francisco counterterrorism division. He was working for cyber and CT. And in 2007, he was promoted to supervisory special agent in the CTD, the counterterrorism division by 2010. He was a supervisory special agent in charge of the JTTF. 2013, went to Interpol. 2016, came back as a unit chief, was at FBI headquarters. 18, he was an assistant section chief. Again, headquarters. 2021, comes back as a section chief to CTD. So more headquarters time. 2022, was an acting special agent in charge in Tampa because they had to get rid of their own and then came back as the deputy assistant director. And now he's in charge. And so, okay, Steve, what stands out to you about this uh, highly qualified FBI agent who's been in the game for 20 years? Well, I mean, I would encourage everyone to go back and listen to episode four of the American Radicals podcast, The Fine Print. You have to read very, very far into this press release, paragraph two, to do some basic math of 2007 minus 2003 and realize that Mr. Vinjay Ramaswamy or whatever his name is, uh, has... Virmani. Three to four years of actual experience, and now he is in charge of the arguably the most important counterterrorism operation that exists in the country from any federal law enforcement standpoint. So let's just give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's say he started January 1 of 2003, and he promoted to um, supervisory special agent on December 31st of 2007. That's yeah, four years. Four and a half years because you'd have to subtract Quantico time. So it's three and a half years, max. It's the maximum amount of time it could have been, right? Am I missing that? Four and a half. Yeah, four and a half years would be the maximum amount of time. Yep. Got it. Four and a half would be the max. In reality, he probably did three and a half years tops. In San Francisco. And it was so negligible that they just said he worked cyber and terrorism matters. Nothing specific. And San Francisco, you would think, is a large enough office that he would have a specialty. But nope. no case of note. Nope, can't say anything else other than I went back to headquarters a whole bunch of times because nepotism is all that matters for people promoting within the FBI. They're, you look at their history, they don't hide it. It's 
you could just accept it as a given. Six years is the most that they actually have of doing the job of an FBI agent before they ascend the ladder and they go all the way up and they are the chief of staff to somebody or somebody's administrative assistant who takes them under their wing. They hook their hook their hooks into somebody and they drag them along that train. And then before they know it, they do their 18, 19 years. And then they're elevated to being a special agent in charge of counterterrorism in Washington, D.C. What, what could possibly go wrong? Nothing. I mean, we could just have like a January 6th. Anybody who's been in the military has seen these write-ups and it's like, uh, they're, they're, they use absurd, uh, statements and numbers that don't have any bearing on like the capabilities of what you did. I remember writing up an award that somebody had told me I had to write up when I was in the air force and they're like, Hey, Sarah, like you're literate, you write up the award. And I'm like, Roger. So you're like, <laughs> is air force supposed to be the smart guys? Yeah, but they still have officers that have like, you know, correspondence courses. And so like they give me this thing and they're like, hey, write this up. And it's like so-and-so was like a military police officer. And I think he was in charge of like a, a like a firearms training. And it said, you know, uh, maintained accountability, 100% accountability of 4,352,000 rounds, you know, over the year or whatever it was. Like he ordered in the rounds and then he put them into the things and they were still there or accounted for because they'd been shot. Like that's the kind of stuff. So you're like, oh, you were in charge of four million two hundred fifty-seven thousand rounds. Like, what does that mean? That's like a room. That's a shelf. And so there's that. And in this case, I saw this. Mr. Virmani was selected to be the director of Interpol's Digital Crime Center at the Interpol Global Complex for Innovation in Singapore. That sounds like a boondoggle. In his role, he uh, led the directorate in providing operational support to Interpol's one hundred and ninety member countries. 190 countries that he was leading the operational support to to address cyber crime threats. N no cyber crimes noted, no victories, no policy decisions that were impactful. Just three years of hanging out on the Bureau's dime in maybe a foreign country. I don't know if he was in Singapore or not. It doesn't indicate, but it kind of sounds like it. That's kind of what people get to do. You get to go international. And, uh, you know, 190 countries though, Steve, 190 of them. What are the odds that on his, I love me some me wall, because you know, he has one because he's a headquarters guy that he has all of his Interpol credentials and fake awards in framed and just put on prominent display because not a lot of people are going to get to deal with Interpol. I mean, you have people going to different legal attaches and, uh, but that that's one that's they're they're definitely gonna ha say this is a big feather in my cap and just gotta say interpol that's it maybe he has credentials even i'm pretty sure that interpol uh, if you want to see the most true movie about interpol you just have to watch lord of war with um what's the cage pretty sure that's uh, <laughs> he takes the flag and turns it sideways so it says a different country <laughs> that's correct yeah you can flag a vessel any way you want and he gets away with it ding 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 thinking and his brother right <laughs> What other, what other funny stuff that we have uh, grabbed out here? Because I feel like we had a couple others. Let me just kind of eyeball through. Oh, this one. We might as well do this, too, because this is we're, – we're in the clown show. We're talking about clown stuff. We're talking about uh, police officers who are non-U.S. citizens potentially arresting U.S. citizens using our resources in ways that are inappropriate. How about this guy right here? You ready, guys? Kaboom. This is – very frustrating coming from just the news john solomon's outfit this one is written by kevin kilo i think that's how you pronounce that uh it says despite the backlog of veterans claims the va is using resources to help illegal immigrants why not gop legislation aims to stop resources for veterans health care going towards the border crisis this doesn't make any sense even with hundreds of thousands of veterans health care claims on the backlog 
at the Department of Veteran Affairs, top Republicans in the House and the Senate are hoping to prevent the VA resources from being used to process claims for the medical care of illegal immigrants. According to a July report, this was just released at the end of uh, last year, by the way, a July report from ICE, Immigrations and Customs Enforcement, the agency contracts with the VA to process medical claims reimbursements involving illegal immigrants, even though they didn't serve in the military. Medical professionals treat illegal immigrants detained by ICE on site, but when specialized or emergency care is required, they are transported to private providers. The arrangement between ICE and the VA was outlined in a 2020 memo during the Trump administration. And according to the ICE report in fiscal year, 2022, the VA processed healthcare claims for illegal immigrants totaling more than $63.3 million, 63, almost 64 million bucks. Steve Friend, how do you feel about that as a guy who's paying taxes out there in the world? Well, I mean, I'm not even a vet and I think that's pretty offensive. And I, I did take, uh, take note there, the VA tried to do this like word game of denial say like, we're not doing that. Uh, all the care that's provided is actually paid for by the ICE healthcare services. So it's like, well, we're providing it, but we're not paying for it. So there's, they're, they're trying to finagle that and say like, we're really not doing it. But you know, you take a guy like Garrett, who this week was going to the VA and being told, um, yeah, two of your, uh, sutures there are, are infected, but they'll probably be okay. We don't have any ointment for you anyway. So, so good luck with that. And then you have one of anyone who of those 10 million of across the board in the last couple of years can just go in and get any surgery that they want. I had a, a really weird VA experience. I think it sums up the VA in the way that I've ever seen it. And the Texas VA is actually as good as anybody anywhere could, could have it. I think they were quite good. So I, I went through this phase where I wore a lot of barefoot shoes. They're called like gloves. They're the Merrill glove line. They had a whole bunch of different lines. And one of their gloves looked like boxing um, shoes. They're really neat. They were leather. They were brown. They looked really nice. They weighed nothing. There was basically like five millimeters of rubber between you and whatever was out there. There was no padding whatsoever. And I Let me wear... interrupt, interrupt. You're talking about the vapor glove because now you're in my world, brother. <laughs> I know all the Merrill shoes. You got the trail glove, the road glove. I wear them every day on my it's... half marathon junk. But this one is all leather. It's brown leather. It looks like a boxing glove. Yeah. They only made a limited number of them. They stopped doing it. They did it for like two seasons because I ordered them for multiple seasons. It's not the vapor. I, I did have the vapor too. Those are all mesh. So this is this is solid leather. It looks like a dress shoe. It just doesn't weigh anything. It looks, they're almost like black ballet shoes. So I had those. I was trying to break open a pallet. Um, and I used to live in this apartment with my wife that had concrete floors. So I took it into the, into the, the stairwell and I went to go like kick through, you know, like you do when you break a pallet, you kick the pieces and you pull it out. We were throwing it into a chimney and we were like lighting on fire, whatever. Well, I wanted to break one of the pieces and I managed to jump full body weight, landed on it. And as I put that tiny little vapor glove or uh, that leather glove through, I landed on a nail that was pointed downward. The, the nail point was down and was in the wood and it hit the concrete and it ricocheted up and the nail head, which was one of those pan head nails, which was like maybe a little bit smaller than a dime, went through the shoe into the bottom of my foot, hooked onto my uh, my bone because I felt that. And then when I jumped off, like you would, because you just got stepped on a nail, then I like pulled it back out. It hurt like a son of a bitch. It was one of the most painful things I remember. And it wasn't good. And I was like, oh no, what do I need to do? And I had just gotten out of the military and I was stupid. I'd already pulled my own tooth like a couple of weeks earlier. And like, <laughs> I just done like a bunch. Just of don't get the Nikki Haley replacement. 
basically I was, I was set up to go work for the FAA as a full retard. And my wife was basically like, you better go get that looked at because I'm not going to have this happen. I think we were like, we might've been engaged at the time. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm a retard. I got to go get this. So I go to the VA, I make an appointment. And, and, I, and I, I had a doctor, I was working for a hospital at the time and the hospital was like, oh, let me get you some prophylactic antibiotics. No problem. This is the PA. So she like writes me a script and I get those and I'm like taking them for two days. And I finally get into my little VA appointment. I go in and I've got an Indian doctor, which they're all Indian for some reason. Um, and, and the guy just comes in and he's like, so what do you want? And I'm like, I just want to make sure that I don't have any retained foreign bodies. So I want an x-ray and I want to know if I need to be continuing this prophylactic antibiotic. And so he's like, uh, so he orders the x-ray and I go get the x-ray done and no, no foreign bodies, nothing's retained inside the, the foot. And so I'm like, what do you think about taking, um, antibiotics? And he goes and he pulls out this book, which looked like a phone book. And he went to the like penetrating wound to foot section of the government recommendations for doctors who don't know how to doctor. And he said, based on your condition, it is not currently recommended that you take prophylactic antibiotics for this injury. And I was like, so should I discontinue the, the course of antibiotics that I started? And he goes, based on your condition, <laughs> <laughs> it is not recommended that you do prophylactic antibiotics for this kind of injury. And I'm like, okay, get uh, cool. Thanks for being my doctor guy, whatever. And, uh, and then I, you know, that was it. Then I, I left and I thought like, I'm really glad I'm actually not mad that some illegal immigrants are getting that treatment. Just to be it's, fair. <laughs> good point. Yeah. The doctors have like, they, they, they went to some online DeVry school with like perforated edges on their diploma, like off the, the printer that goes like, yeah, and it just pulls it off. All right. Um, I'm going to throw one more thing up on the screen. We'll do a, uh, a little kind of a palate refresher and we'll kind of take a deep breath and then uh, we'll say goodbye for the day and for the weekend. Uh, before we do that, let's go ahead and just throw this on here. Oh, also, let's just do this real quick too. Let's do the merch store. Folks, you guys can uh, check out our merch store. It's at the-suspendables.com. It's the-suspendables.com to check out the Suspendables merch. Today is a last line strength shirt day. You could also be checking out the PT shirts. You could check out the hoodies. That's a pretty good option. And also still my favorite is the last line Substack T or the own the night version, which my wife doesn't like, but it does look like night vision to me. It looks like a night vision outline of an AR-15 with a quill coming at the end. Quite good. All right, let's do... Just um, a little dad joke, a little clean humor for everybody here, folks. You can. We had that awful video of that woman saying the thing about being ravished. This is not that. I got 60 seconds of dad humor for you to go into the weekend, and then we'll say bye to Steve. Here we go. I got fired from the bank today. A woman asked me to check her balance, so I pushed her. My dog accidentally ate a whole bag of Scrabble tiles, so I took him to the vet. No word yet. I haven't talked to my wife in seven years. I don't want to interrupt her. My wife got pissed at me because I accidentally overcooked the ribeye last night. I told her, you all make mistakes. To the guy who invented zero, thanks for nothing. My son asked me what it was like to be married. So I told him to leave me alone. And when he did, I said, why are you ignoring me? If 666 is all evil, then 25.806975 is the root of all evil.
like how stupid. Just a couple of bros, man. We we get along just fine. Yeah, we don't. I, the guy with the shade with the visor is my after. What is that? That's like a Lloyd Austin shade, man. That thing is solid. Uh, it, it could also be like a uh, a Christopher Lloyd shade from uh, Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Kind of, yeah. kind of a Doc Brown vibe to it. Uh, I don't hate it. Steve, what do you got coming up on Amrad? <laughs> oh, well, Garrett's made his triumphant return now. He was gone for a little while. Uh, and uh, we're going to be looking into uh, MLK in the history with the FBI. He, he's done a whole sub stack right up on it, and he's going to lead us through that history lesson. The audience loved the history that I did on William Penn, so we want to start doing that more often. And that's going to be on uh, on Saturday? Saturday noon, rumble.com slash amradpod. Be there. Sounds good. Otherwise, you guys can follow Steve at Real Steve Friend on Twitter or Real underscore Steve Friend on True Social. Thanks for joining me, bud. That was fun. Thanks for having me, man. Good to get back on track Friday. Now you know what day it is. It's always yeah, I do. I do. All Hi, right, Dad. <laughs> all right, buddy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's throw a five-star review up here. We want to thank you guys for all that, for following the show, for the uh, the thumbs up here on Rumble. Make sure you are supporting the show by giving us that thumbs up if you're joining us on Kyle. What is it? Uh, Rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. And you can also leave us the five-star reviews like this one. It says uh, Zulu Jumper on the 29th of last year says, so glad I found this. Five stars. I heard him filling in for Dinesh. And I remembered him from Bongino. So glad he has his own show. It's a pleasure to listen to. Well, Zulu Jumper, it's a pleasure to have you. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate that. All of you guys can leave yours on the link below in the description on Apple, on Spotify, on iHeartRadio. We'll read them here on the program because we are appreciative and we do it for you. That's it for us today. I hope you guys have a great weekend. I hope that you guys stay safe. Go out there and be non-retard. Don't try to get yourself an FAA job. Doesn't seem like a good idea. And uh, hopefully all of your flying is done because it's only getting worse out there. Uh, God bless you. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Kyle Serafin Show, streamed live weekdays on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. Follow Kyle on Twitter, Truth Social, and Instagram at Kyle Serafin.